0: Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to
1: Snacks with Stein. Let's do it.
0: Snacks with Stein Show Thirty One. I wish it was Halloween again, but it's not. So welcome. I'm Danielle. Christy is over in Colorado, which has less snow, Hola. I think, than Texas does. Which is it fantastic.
1: was hilarious. I sat up here and and had no snow, and actually it was pretty warm, and we had some melt off, and then and then all of Texas was snowed in
0: crazy so i hear that you've done a scary thing and i want to hear about it and i, I want our listeners to i hear did and it. you're
1: gonna judge me but i'm gonna yeah. tell you to reserve judgments because it's not my fault it all happened so fast disney world opened bookings for 2022 Ooh. i may or may not have re- made a reservation
0: you did i did but I thought you were like no bus and no passes and stuff. So here's here's the thing, like we were
1: planning on going at the end of January 22, because mm-hmm. the kids are turning um, 10 and 12.
0: Mm-hmm. And our
1: first Disney World trip was a surprise trip for them when they were turning six and eight. Before all this craziness, we had said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a goal. We're gonna try to go back." So it's been like every two years since that first trip. Mm-hmm. And so we thought it would be fun to go on their on their birthday, and then COVID happened, and we were like, "Oh gosh, you know, we don't know what's that's gonna look like, or when we'll ever get to go back." And then mm-hmm. and then they opened it up, and originally we were like, "Okay, well, when we go back, we're gonna be we're gonna stay at the Polynesian." Like yeah. I'm gonna try to do really good on stocks this year, so I can, you know, we can stay club level, and then we'll get like six fast passes a day, and we won't have to wait for anything.
0: The dream. And
1: since then, fast pass is gone.
0: I know. Fast pass is, is gone. Like dining plan is gone. The, the magical dining plan gone. is gone.
1: There is no dining plan. There's no magical express. There wow. are no parades. There is no fireworks.
0: Yet you both.
1: That's right now that is happening. But I noticed that like every couple of days we're getting some news about like something else has come back or something Mm -hmm. else has been extended or something. So I feel like it's starting to ramp up a little bit. The -hmm. other end of that is, okay if we're going to go and it's going to be not what we're used to, Mm -hmm. we're not going to pay that money for all the fancy hotel and Mm -hmm. like like all that stuff. So I started looking for the first time at um, at the Value Resorts.
0: They're super cute. And at Art
1: of Animation, they have is a Little orbs? Mermaid room, and I was like,
0: "Adorbs, yeah."
1: I don't know if Natalie is too big for a little mermaid. So I <laughs> called her over. I was like, "Are you too big for a Little Mermaid room?" And she started jumping up and down. She's like, "No," she Who said. Let's is. stay.
0: I'm not too big, and I'm in the I'm
1: Little pretty- Mermaid room. <laughs> so booking the Little Mermaid room. And not having a dining plan, mm-hmm. which means we'll just eat whatever we want. We just need a budget right. for that. Like, just be prepared. It was less than half wow. of what we thought it was going to be. So that's how we're justifying it. If we had to go and nothing changed mm-hmm. between now and then, which I don't think is going to be the, no. the case. I think that quite a bit is going to be back by the time we go. When did you book um, A year out. January 2022.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. it's a year be. from now I mean, you'll probably still have to wear a mask I would think Right. But um, hopefully some of the entertainment I mean, thing entertainment's already coming back a little bit I mean, Magical Express is gone for good I don't know about the dining plan And Fast Passes but-
1: The other side of that is that We are not going to be staying our whole trip At Disney World for the first uh-huh. time We are going to take the last bit of it And stay at Universal Nice! Since there's no Magic Express or anything like that, we're just we're gonna Uber over to Universal yeah. and stay a couple nights there.
0: Fun. Well, that will be cool. And now you have something to look forward to. Yeah,
1: I know. It's just it feels really weird though after like staying home and and we intend to continue doing
0: that. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah. Yeah, that's
0: fun though. I need something to look forward to. I'm having like terrible Disney sadness, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah,
1: withdrawal. Every, everybody listening now who is not a Disney person is like, Will you guys please I'm really sorry if you shut the fuck up really? about Disney. <laughs> but
0: okay. sorry about it. Sorry right. not sorry. What does my favorite drag queen Trixie Mattel like to say? This is our show and we can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> That's yes. how it goes. Just kidding, we love everyone. Okay. So now that we know that Christy's going to Disney World and she has to bring me back a present. We can move on yes. to our story, which is Attack of the Jack. And before I talk about this dumpster fire that was Attack of the Jack, Christy, what are you eating? I found out this year
1: that you can order Girl Scout cookies online. Oh, yeah. Have I told you my story about being pregnant? No. And Girl Scout cookies? Mm-mm. Okay, quick story. <laughs> when I was pregnant with my second child, with Natalie, it was, um... I don't know how, how pregnant I was. Probably. I feel like it was in May. I feel like I just missed Girl Scout cookie season, but I was not aware that there was a season. And I was, uh, I was working in marketing at that time. So I was working in this big like office building and I was, I was on the phone at my cubicle, like crying to my husband Because I really wanted some, like literally crying. Because I really wanted Samoas. And it wasn't Girl Scout cookie season. And you couldn't get them anywhere. You couldn't even get them on eBay. And I was was like, I don't know what we're going to do. I really, really. And like four people came by and were like, Are you okay? And I was like, It's the Girl
0: Scout cookies. (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) So, yes. So, I'm so happy love my Girl Scout cookies, and I'm having Smoes right now.
0: Yay. Delicious. I just ordered some, actually, and they are coming soon, but I did order some.
1: Yeah, they ship. Mm-hmm. They ship them. So you can support. There's all kinds of – go online. There's all kinds of, like, different troops you can support if you don't know somebody who's a Girl yep. Scout. Mm-hmm. There's, like, some troops and some, like – um That are like homeless shelters and like different places that would really benefit.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: definitely Mm -hmm. do a search for that because they will ship them to your home and then the girls that benefit from that really probably need a boost. Yep,
0: totally. And I know it's tough right now with COVID for the Girl Scouts, so any help they can get for their like missions and things they have to do and all that fun stuff. I was never a Girl Scout, but I was always jealous I wanted to be one. But then I was too shy and I was like, nope. Can't do it, (laughs) but it was a brownie dreams, and then I didn't go back. (laughs) I only wanted to be a Girl Scout, okay, because I'm dating myself and I'm a thousand years old because of the movie Troop Beverly Hills. If anyone I love Troop Beverly Hills, so that was the reason I wanted to be a Girl Scout, and I didn't, but I was like, I was Shelly
1: Long, yes,
0: and she had her beautiful red curly hair. Oh my god, beautiful!
1: Oh, and she had the little like, Mm -hmm. um. The little hat yes. with the long feather. Mm-hmm. We'll have to put a picture up of yes. Shelly along <laughs> Troop Beverly Hills. And they learned they had patches like sushi. Yes. And um
0: shopping. Like
1: shopping. It was my yeah, kind of girl. Shopping scouts. was one. It was
0: essentially my yeah. kind of girl scouts. Like I don't want to camp. I don't want any of that shit. I wanna like go to Beverly Hills. <laughs>
1: so Yeah, they've camped out on like her living room on like bearskin rocks yes. and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was Classic 80s gem. If you haven't watched it, but you should by now. Alrighty. So now we've moved on from Girl Scouts to another. We're going to take a huge detour. Huge. <laughs> How are you going to segue that one? And we're going to bring it back to Disney a little bit because we're going to talk about pirates this evening. Pirates.
1: Arr.
0: Yes. So. Pirates are a thing that some people really, really love. And I don't want to offend anyone okay. that loves pirates. Because I enjoy <laughs> i enjoy pirates. They're cool. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Bottle that smell in a jar and it's heaven. Love it. Johnny Depp is gorgeous. I know he's problematic. Mm-hmm. Don't cancel me. Mm-hmm. Saying he's still a good looking human being. Um, but pirates. So, yeah, but that that first movie when that Pirates first
1: came out and Johnny Depp and we first got to mm-hmm. see him as Jack Sparrow, goddamn, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. good memories, good memories. So we have Pirates tonight because Goosebumps is not really known for love stories, and <laughs> we kind of had one with the ghost in the beginning, one of the earlier ones. I can't think of the name right now. Ghost next door was sort of a love story. Ghost next
1: door, a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's hard to find. She burned a lot. Yeah, she but... burned a Yeah. I decided to just dig through and like do a blind pick. And this one was what came out. And it is called Attack of the Jack. It was published in 2017. So we're talking new school. Goosebumps. I have never read it. I doubt any of our listeners have read it. But if you did, cool. Can't say I loved it. But we're going to go on a journey together about Pirate. And we'll see her. I didn't get to practice. I know. So the cover of this is a weird one. It's the art style has totally changed, obviously with new school goosebumps. and it's not good anymore. It's kind of just cheese ball. This is a what I consider to be like a very like tiny little shrunken pirate person. and he's wearing like a purple jacket and like stripy pants and there's like gold doubloons falling everywhere. He kind of looks like Jack Sparrow and Captain Hook, like smooshed into one. And I'm guessing they were inspiration because it came out in the 2010s. So they're probably like, oh, Jack Sparrow, you know, with a bandana and head, whatever. But yeah, so it was 2017. There's no tagline, but it is part of the Slappy World series, which is like a shoot off of Goosebumps.
1: I don't understand slappy world. Yeah, it's,
0: you. Is it like a different universe? It's not a. It's not a different universe. It's sort of like he he acts as not a narrator. So what happens is that he introduces the book. There's a little mini chapter where he introduces it and kind of just gives you a long description of what happens like you meet these people and they go do these things and then he kind of makes these dumb jokes like if you know slappy the character he's makes stupid jokes like that's slappy you know he thinks he's hilarious because he's a dummy and he thinks he's funny so he makes these silly jokes and throughout the book there are little interludes like oh it's about to get scary and you know silly things like that so that's really all the difference with slappy world
1: He's the crypt keeper. Yeah.
0: Very similar. He's very much like the crypt keeper, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Yeah. I left out those because they didn't really contribute anything when you're just talking about the book, but they are in there and I'm guessing that is how all Slappy World goes and not everything is under Slappy World, just certain books. So it's sort of like he, once he picks and his little face is on the cover (laughs) and it says Slappy World. It says Slappy World and then Goosebumps, so it's still part of Goosebumps, but it's just this weird Slappy World thing.
1: Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. So I'm ready to go on a pirate adventure.
0: <laughs> what do they say in front of the Caribbean? The uh, something about salty old pirates, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? Daniel? I don't remember. <laughs> Think of this as the beginning part of Pride to the Caribbean When you're in the little boat And you're in like the bayou And you wish you were eating dinner at the blue bayou This is that part (laughs) Violet and Sean Packer Had only been to the ocean once When they were much younger It rained the whole time And they never got to swim Or play or do much of anything but now they were just about to arrive in Sea Urchin Cove and will be meeting their Uncle Jim for the first time. Their mom and dad have to work in Argentina all summer and decided that this getaway to the seaside would be the perfect way to spend their part of their summer vacation. They could fish, swim, sail, and whatever else people who live by the ocean like to do. Their bus had come to a stop Just past the town's welcome sign, and Violet nudged her brother, who was engrossed in his cell phone game, to let him know that they had arrived. The smell of the ocean was thick and damp, and Violet could see lots of shops and a hotel called the Sail Inn come into view. For the most part, Violet and Sean got along great. She thinks it's because they're polar opposite. Sean keeps to himself and is obsessed with all things sports. Violet, on the other hand, is loud, loves to sing, and has no interest in baseball. Her passion is ballet, but since she comes from a small town in Ohio and not New York City, she's not quite sure what will become of her dance career. So Violet is the older sibling, and I think she's 12, and Sean is 10. The bus driver helps them with their luggage, and they get off the bus. They look around the empty dock, and their uncle is nowhere to be found. Violet remembers that their mom said he's absent minded and is more than likely running late. Sean is hungry, so they find a diner called the Whistling Clam to have lunch while they wait. <laughs> There's going to be some names in there. You're just going to have to keep those, like, giggly, like, self inside, because some of these names are just like, oh. Oh, really? Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just I, saying. I've heard of a whistling <laughs> establishment. It was a little different. It's a little different. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that that's going on here. So this place was very, it was a very tiny little diner, but the food was good. And their waitress, Marianne, even brought them extra coleslaw. Yay!
1: Yay for Marianne! Why would a
0: child be excited about coleslaw? Don't know, but go. You do you. She asks where they were visiting from, and Violet tells her that they are in town to stay with their uncle, Jim Finnegan. Marianne gasps, and her mouth drops open. Admiral Jim you don't want to stay with Admiral Jim. And she tells them to find somewhere else to stay or get back on the bus to Ohio. Sean and Violet- How helpful. Right. They go pale and they just figure she's kidding, like, ha 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 ha. But she wasn't. Apparently no one in Sea Urchin Cove goes near Admiral Jim. He's hiding something in the falling down lighthouse that he lives in. Something evil.
1: Yeah, but it's a lighthouse.
0: <laughs> he lives spend the
1: summer in a lighthouse. I know, right? I'm like, this sounds except cool. for unless it's not. It can't be like the movie. That's the fog, not okay. No. Uh, the yeah, fog. no, the lighthouse. Oh, Have you seen that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uncle Jim better not be like walking around naked
0: with like laser beam eyes. So I'm saying. I'm out. None of that, or the fog either. That's also a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Which starts out cool ends terribly. So Sean and Violet decided to start walking to the lighthouse because they're like, this dude's still not showing up. And the whole town was only about two blocks long and ended with an open-air market. From there, the land sloped downward into a field of red and green reeds that were billowing back and forth in the wind. The lighthouse was perched on the rocks at the edge of the ocean. They were dragging their suitcases along a sandy path and they're both pretty quiet until Sean asks Violet if she thinks the waitress really wasn't kidding. But she assures him that their parents would never send them to stay with someone evil. He's probably just super eccentric. Sean notices something is following them. It was a large black cat with green eyes. It approaches and Violet reaches down to give him a few pets before it darts back into the reeds. They finally reached the end of the reed field and come to a stop in front of a low brick wall where someone had painted a grinning skull with an x mark through it on the other side of the wall was the lighthouse which was full of cracks and peeling paint to its right was a single story house also in various states of disarray the shutters were falling off the paint was peeling and there was no doorknob on the door violet calls out to her uncle But the wind gust blew it back in her face and also caused the door to swing open. So she enters the small, dimly lit room, and Sean follows behind. Before she could shut the door, the black cat from the field ran inside and sat on a dark rug at the center of the room. Its green eyes were scanning everything, and then in a raspy voice, it said, Admiral Jim, visitors... Did they just hear what they think they heard? The cat says it again. Admiral Jim. Someone groaned from the other room and Violet turned to look toward the doorway. She could see someone rise up from a rope hammock and slowly swing their feet toward the floor with a thud. He swept back his long white hair and she could see his face. It was cherry red and he pulled on a white sailor cap that matched the two small sailor uniform he was wearing. In a booming voice, he calls out to his niece and nephew and apologizes for not being at the dock. The cat was supposed to wake him up. Violet had completely lost her voice. She couldn't get over how big and how old Uncle Jim was. He envelopes them both in a huge hug. And the first thing Violet can say is, the cat, it talks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Thank you Violet I, I, I'm glad that we didn't just like, You know just kind of smooth Right over that Violet's like just a minute I'm
0: sorry what Yeah what So the cat does talk They'll explain shortly Okay. <laughs> and Jim says yes she does And tells her to tell them her name With a slight lisp The cat says her name is Celeste Sean is not buying any of this and just assumes that Celeste has to be a robot with artificial intelligence. But Uncle Jim has, okay. no, Uncle Jim has no idea <laughs> what he's talking about. A cat is a cat. You're a robot and you're a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it's a robot.
1: It's like that meme I saw where it was like it's easy to believe in conspiracy theories when you don't know how anything works.
0: <laughs> That's poor Sean right it's now. It's not
1: how robots work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He tells them that he'll get them settled in their sleeping quarters, which he calls the crow's nest, and will tell them more about his cat over dinner. Violet had been so distracted she hadn't really fully taken in her surroundings, which were peculiar to say the least. She thought it was great, but Sean remained unimpressed. There was a netting draped on the wall filled with all sorts of sea creatures a cannon with four cannonballs treasure chests with mermaids on them toys colored bottles filled with who knows what and a pirate flag pinned behind an anchor uncle jim stopped at the bottom of this narrow stairs that led to the crow's nest and told them to be careful the stairs were a bit wobbly they heave their suitcases up and jim calls out to them don't worry the ghost doesn't usually come out in the daytime They exchange glances. Is he freaking serious? The crow's nest was made up of two small rooms, each with a small dresser, a lamp, and a hammock where a bed should be. Sean is testing the hammock to make sure it's structurally sound, and Uncle Jim assures them that they'll sleep like baby seals. Violet puts some of her things away in the dresser, but wants to head back downstairs to learn more about Celeste. She finds Sean and Uncle Jim at the small kitchen table, and he offers her a mug of Diet Sprite, which he called Grog. Uncle Jim was drinking something else. Something dark brown. Booze. Yeah, it's 100%
1: booze, kids. 100%. That's spiced rum. Yep. Yes, it is, because pirates drink it
0: around. (laughs) He's having a great time.
1: Well, can we just pause for a second? Uh Because I realized something just now who are these long lost relatives <laughs> that keep agreeing to oversee a child for months at a time that they've never met? Right. Like if I had like a cousin call me up and be like, Hey, so we're leaving the country. Can you watch our two kids for like eight months? I know we don't know each other or talk,
0: um, but that's cool. Yeah. Right? hmm. Mm-hmm. No, bitch. No, like, <laughs> wrong number sean couldn't keep his eyes off of celeste and he asks again if she really can talk and jim insists that she can and says he'll tell them the story but to be warned it's a sad one he tells them the story of danny lovins who was lost at sea for over 300 days he was tossed from his ship and clinging to life on a small raft The rain was pounding on him and tossing him all over the waves, and he had given up hope. But eventually the sun came out, the clouds parted, and he saw that he wasn't alone. The ship's cat had managed to survive and was staring at him from some floating debris. Danny Levins was quite superstitious and wasn't exactly thrilled to have a black cat as his only company. More days and nights passed, and Danny felt like he was going mad. He needed something to do. So he decided to teach the cat to talk. Violet and Sean aren't buying this bullshit, but they had heard the cat talk, so they just keep listening. Danny finally spots land. It was this very place, and the cat jumped off the raft and swam to safety, but not poor Danny. So Violet and Sean are like, if Danny didn't make it, how does uncle jim even know this story so uncle jim says that he found celeste on the beach and she told him the story of danny lubbins but there was more the town believes that the ghost of danny lubbins has been seen along the beach he wants his cat back and will return to seek revenge and take back what is his and then suddenly the front door swings open and there was no one there.
1: The cat left out the part where she ate it. Yep.
0: <laughs> Jerk cat like left him like Bye. <laughs>
1: Listen, they've been on a wrap for a minute.
0: <laughs> She's gotta go. Violet screamed, and Sean practically jumped out of his chair. Uncle Jim laughs and says that he forgot to get the dang latch fixed, and he shoves his shoulder into the door to slam it shut. Their faces were white as sheets. And Uncle Jim was still chuckling and told them that it wasn't Danny Lubbins. If he was here, would he really use a door? Celeste startled and looked around the room, smelling the air. Danny, she says, before they could process all of that, Uncle Jim started in on another story. This time about Johnny Feathers, supposedly. The great, 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 great grandson of Blackbeard the Pirate. Sean admits they aren't much into pirates, but Uncle Jim keeps going anyway as he shows them around the cluttered house. He picks up one of the cannonballs and tells the kids that this here cannonball took Johnny Feather's head clean off. They had been testing the cannons and it was a terrible accident. The other sailors were able to retrieve his hat with his prized ostrich feathers, but his head had to be left at the bottom of the sea. Leading them down a narrow hallway lined with bookshelves full of all sorts of trinkets, Violet even sees a human skull. Uncle Jim opens a door to a windowless room with a locked door at the back. It was time for them to see his treasure. The room was full of all kinds of junk but Violet's eyes settled on two large treasure chests. She asks if they're pirate treasure chests, but Uncle Jim says that no, he was never a pirate, but did always dream of being one. They all approach one of the chests, and Uncle Jim starts to lift it open. Gold coins, jewels, and all kinds of treasure came into view. The kids couldn't believe what they were seeing. Uncle Jim tells them that he found it when he was sailing the Fiji Islands. And Violet begins digging in and running her hands all over the beautiful jewels. Sean figures it has to be worth over $10 million. But Uncle Jim laughs and tells them that it's sadly worth nothing. It was left on the island by a film crew, but he thought it was neat and took it for a souvenir. Uncle Jim heads for the... Oh, so it's all fake? Yeah, it's like like the pirate treasure at Disneyland. <laughs> Oh,
1: for, for a second, I was like, maybe it's casino coins. No, oh.
0: like, <laughs> I nope. figured out. Just a movie prop.
1: <clears throat> Rats.
0: So he heads for the door as they all hear a knocking, who was his neighbor or not his neighbor, but someone nearby who was bringing their crab cake dinner. And he tells the kids that there's a lot to explore every inch of the house, the lighthouse and the island. It's free reign. He only has one rule. He points to the door with the rusted lock. That was the only forbidden room in the house. Do not even try to enter that room. Violet and Sean exchange a few knowing glances. They both knew they couldn't resist and would be opening that door the first chance they got.
1: Nice. Asshole. He's like an '80s parent. It is. <laughs> it's like, listen to. <laughs> Do- do whatever you want. Don't die. Be home for dinner.
0: Yep. Yeah. But that door? No.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, that old true. <laughs> Where did we get that? We got that. There's the the oh, Snow Queen. What is oh. The fable about the the bear. The guy the the guy is like a bear at night or something oh. and she's not supposed to look at him at night. Why am
0: I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I can like see the cartoon in
1: they're married for many years, and then her jealous sister convinces her to take a candle it was the Snow and look Queen. at him at night when she's not supposed to, and she, like, drips wax on yeah. him, and it's like a spell where he turns – yeah. Anyway, so we got that one, and then there's, like, the portrait of Dorian Gray. He's not ever supposed to look at the portrait. Mm-hmm.
0: It's sort guess- of like Orpheus and Eurydice. Like, you can't look backward. Can't look
1: right, backward. right. Mm-hmm. You're not
0: supposed to do it. Yep, but you do <laughs> – so Violet couldn't get to sleep that night the wind was playing tricks on her and keeping her awake it sounded like someone was singing then she swore she heard someone calling her name burying her face in her pillow trying to block out the sound her mind wandered to Danny Lovins but why was she thinking of him probably be sounded because it sounded like someone was saying Violet Violet swim with me when she finally woke up, the sun was a big red ball outside of her window, and Celeste was sleeping at her feet. She hopped out of bed, and Celeste says, good morning, did you have a nightmare? She was still not used to the idea of a talking cat, but did say good morning back as she got dressed and headed downstairs for breakfast. Uncle Jim was making lobster omelets, a real treat for the two of them who were used to Fruit Loops. If someone made me a lobster omelet, I'd be like, hell yes, I'm staying here forever. Heck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love lobster. Though I will always think of the Jim Gaffigan joke when he calls it a bug butt, and it won't it'll always be bug butts to
1: me. They are kind of the cockroaches of <laughs> They the are. Country. They are. I mean are uh, and I, and I like lobster. I think that it is great. But like Absolutely. some people are like insane for lobster. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm insane, I enjoy it, but I'm not like, oh my god. He tells them that he had planned to take them sailing, but today was not the day. The sea was growling, and he barely made it back in the little boat this morning. So instead, they have to spend the day exploring the beach while he did some work on the lighthouse. Violet and Sean decide they would rather stay inside for the day and explore more of Jim's treasure. Most importantly, that locked room. She couldn't figure out why they were both drawn to the room. It was like some kind of magnet. As soon as Uncle Jim closed the lighthouse door, Sean and Violet ran down the hall into the treasure room. Her heart was pounding with excitement as she gazed around at everything that Uncle Jim had collected. It felt like they had spotted something new each time they looked around. They set their sights on the door, but realized they had no idea how they'll find the key to the lock in all of this clutter. She holds lock in her hands, and the edges are sharp from all of the rust, and decides to give it a little tug. And by chance, it crumbles into pieces. Lucky.
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so she pushes the door open, and a pale light floods the room. It was empty. Not one ounce of treasure was inside. It was just a room. The concrete floor and stone walls.
1: Yeah, but the lock crumbled. What are you gonna do now? I know. You gotta go. Well, up. you can put it back the way it was.
0: <laughs> they glue it. I'm like, okay. Idiot. <laughs> they pushed it open up.
1: He's an 80s parent. She's getting her ass beat. Yep. Like.
0: <laughs> He's gonna throw her into the ocean. That's my
1: a hundred percent.
0: So they opened the door a little more and the light reveals a dark shape at the back of the room. It looked like another one of the treasure chests that Jim kept, but this one was wrapped in thick rusted chains, which were being held by another padlock. So they tried tugging at the chain and the lock, hoping they would fall apart like the door, but their luck had run out. It wasn't budging. Maybe it was for the better. What if there was some kind of pirate curse on it? but the curiosity was too great, and they had to open it. Violet figures Uncle Jim might keep the key around his neck for safekeeping, but Sean wasn't listening. He was too busy walking around the room, feeling the wall. She asks him what the heck he's doing, and he points out that one particular stone is a different shade than the rest. Hurts to pick at it and gets his fingers in the cracks, and to Violet's surprise, it comes out from the wall to reveal the key she couldn't believe her brother was a secret genius he hands her the large brass key and with no struggle it slides right into the lock and it pops open he looks at her brother and offers one more out we can forget this room forget the trunk and find somewhere else to explore just like f this but sean said it was too late for that they had already undone the lock so we may as well just see what's inside she goes for the lid, preparing to lift it, but a sound from behind them makes them freeze. Celeste is in the doorway. I'm telling Admiral Jim. So this one I thought to myself, Why wouldn't you figure out beforehand where the cat is because the cat is gonna fucking tell on you? I knew the cat was gonna tell on them. I knew it. Because the cat can
1: fucking. Maybe they just forgot because you know cats don't talk. Like I'd...
0: I would be focused on this talking cat. I would be like,
1: well, cat. honestly, I don't know if I could sleep with a talking cat there. Like I, I need to know
0: where the cat. I want to talk to it at, at all times. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're gonna like get into some shit and you have a talking cat in the house, you know that cat is gonna talk to, to talk about you. The cat's probably a spy. Like, you wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to break things and, like, go on about my day. No.
1: Or maybe we could have bribed the cat mm-hmm. ahead of time mm-hmm. with some of that lobster. She did eat
0: some lobster breakfast. She loves lobster. So, I mean, they could have saved her some more and bribed her. But mm. no. But no. So the cat is a snitch. Mm-hmm.
1: The cat's a snitch. Okay. Snitches get
0: stitches. Cats. <laughs> they So the cat's a snitch, and they were in deep shit. But – she was already on her way to rat them out, and they may as well just open the chest. They were already going to be in trouble, and Violet had to know what was inside. So she leaves the lid open, and there's no treasure. <laughs>
1: that makes no sense to me. I know.
0: Like, this whole book makes no sense to me.
1: It's like, like, we're going to... Like, you know what? Let's knock over a gas station. Like, we're probably going to get caught. It's cool. Uh Uh-oh, here come the cops. You know what? We're already in this gas station. Let's set this shit on fire. (laughs) Fuck it. Let's shoot this guy over here. We're already going to jail. It's fine.
0: These kids are in for a life of crime. Yes. (laughs) So there's no treasure in this chest. And all inside... All of that was inside is a bunch of small, brightly colored boxes with cranks on the side, like small. Oh jack- no, <laughs> no, no, no! You don't want those. Like those are scary on normal. Terms. I know. They're like small Jack in the boxes. If I hope everyone listening knows what a freaking Jack in the boxes. I mean, are they still a thing? I hope so. There, there is. A-
1: um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think that international listeners, we, we only have a few, but yeah. we do have a, Okay, so
0: very quickly, a Jack in the Box, in my experience, is usually a clown, usually. And it's just mm-hmm. a little box, like a square, with usually, like, you know, bright, you give them to babies a lot of the time, which is weird. Like, they're like tin. Tin, you know, like yeah. I had a wooden one that had a clown, and it, oh, was, okay. it was like, you know, your primary colors, blue, yellow, red, whatever. And you wind it on the side with a crank, and it it <laughs> Has a little song, and then it pops open, and there's a the clown. They're frightening. I hate them. There's that fantastic. And scene. No, no kid likes it. No, like, it's
1: like it's like a you're tensing the whole time. Yeah, you're just waiting for remember,
0: it to pop up. Like you, you're not happy about it. Remember Elf um, when he's testing all the yeah. Jack in the Box? That's exactly what it is. When Elf is texting the Jack in the box and he's like, and that's. Like, <laughs> Exactly. So <laughs> what it is.
1: <laughs> in the in the mid two thousands, the guy I was dating brought home from the store a game that like everybody has to take like a like a hand handle mm-hmm. and that it beeps and it it kind of goes off and like when it goes when the beeping stops, you have to push the button on your handle and the last person to do it is electrocuted. Like they get shocked oh. hardcore. And that's the grown-up version of a jack-in-the-box because you're just dancing the whole time and you're not going to like it when it happens and you're wondering, why are we doing this? It's like that.
0: Yeah, it's totally like that. Okay, so that's what's in this box. There's a bunch of little ones. So Sean eggs her on to open it and she won't and he calls her a wimp. But she tells her brother that something is wrong. She has a really bad feeling and they need to just let this one go leave the boxes alone and Uncle Jim probably has to know something's wrong with the toys. But now Sean won't let up and eventually just grabs the box from her hands. He turns the crank and a version of Pop Goes the Weasel starts to play. It sounded like someone was strumming it on a tiny guitar. They both yell when the lid pops open, even though they knew it was going to happen. And a monkey wearing a sailor suit pops out of the box and Bob's back and forth. Violet grabbed another one. This was a little older and had some damage, and inside was a sailor in a white suit and cap with his ray- with his hand raised to his forehead in a little salute. Sean and Violet couldn't figure out why Uncle Jim was scared of these baby toys. Maybe he's just embarrassed by his really weird collection. They try a few more.
1: Maybe he saw Puppet Masters at a young age. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: (laughs) Go watch
0: that movie and you'll be like, uh, 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 put it back. (laughs) So many, so many of these tragedies
1: could be prevented by a nice, healthy repertoire of (laughs) 80s horror movies.
0: Yes. These 2017 children are like, I don't know. Yeah, no. Go get traumatized by the leech woman. You literally were never
1: traumatized as a child, and it
0: shows. That leech woman will haunt your dreams, okay? And you'll never want to look at a doll ever again. So, they try a few more boxes. One had a woman pirate with long blonde pigtails and red lipstick who was holding a tiny skull. There were some more pirates and then randomly a two-headed pirate, which they both thought was really weird. Most of the boxes played a version of Pop Goes the Weasel, but some played songs they didn't recognize. This is getting really boring, but as they neared the bottom of the chest, Violet found a box that was a little different than the others. It was heavier, covered in dust, and missing the crank. She feels around thinking it may have broken off, but doesn't find anything. So Sean suggests they take one crank from one of the other boxes and see if that'll work. A sharp pain from somewhere in her gut makes Violet pause and think that this is not a good idea. Maybe Uncle Jim took the crank off on purpose. Sean calls her a chicken and proceeds to put a new crank on the box and turns it. Pop Goes the Weasel plays again, but this time it sounds like it belongs in a horror movie. It was also taking a really long time to open, and it felt like it had been, Sean felt like he had been cranking forever. Maybe it was just broken. Then there was a loud bang, and the room explodes with a blast of thunder and smoke. They can't breathe. Thick black smoke was clogging their lungs and making their eyes burn. Violet could hear Sean coughing somewhere in the room, but the smoke was too thick to see through. Sean was kneeling on the ground with the -the jack-in-the-box open nearby, and a small pirate had popped out, who shouted, Thanks for letting Jack the knife out. Oh, good. Now the toys are talking. The puppet's mouth wasn't moving, but the sound was clearly coming from him, and he threw his head back in a hearty laugh. The pirate had a red bandana over long black hair and was wearing a bright blue jacket with a striped shirt. He had a long crooked nose, dark brown eyes, and a matching mustache. He was carrying a knife in one hand, and the other was not a hand, but a rusted little hook. He was bouncing on his spring and asked them if they were ready for a Jack attack. Violet was officially creep the fuck out and told her brother to push Jack back in the box, but he wouldn't go. They were hitting him over and over on the head, but nothing was working, and he just kept saying, it's a Jack attack, I won't go back. As he said it, Jack started to grow and emerge from the box. His arms were getting outstretched, and his metal spring disappeared to reveal long legs. He towered over them at six feet tall. Violet and Sean were shocked into silence. Jack asked if they were afraid and told them that they had very good reasons to be. This was just batshit crazy. They had to get out of there. But as Violet turned to look for the door, it was not where it should be. The whole room was different. Violet calls out for Uncle Jim, but Jack laughs and tell her tells her that he can't hear them. Jack looks around the room at the other boxes scattered around the floor and calls for his mates to rise and shine. It was time for action. Just like Jack, Violet and Sean watched in horror as the other puppets emerged and grew out of their boxes. The monkey, the blonde woman, and the two-headed pirate all came to life before their eyes. The two-headed pirate approached Violet and Sean and said it was a great day for sailing, But Jack tells him they aren't the ones sailing today. He introduces the pirates as Salty and Pepper, Chuckles the Monkey, (laughs) and Mad Madeline. Trying to be polite, Violet says, It's very nice to meet you, but we're going to be going now. Jack laughs again and says that leaving was not in the stars. But the kids protest and tell them that Uncle Jim is looking for them and they have to go. Just like, let us go. Just, I gotta go. They to scream for help, and the pirates just laugh. Jack says that the Admiral is in a place he can't hear them right now, and hands her one of the boxes from the floor. He tells her to turn the crank. Sean tells her not to do it, but Jack was looming over her, pressing his hook into her shoulder. She had no choice. The pirates all began to sing along as Violet turned the crank. All around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel, the monkey thought it was all good fun. Pop goes the Admiral. Out of the box, a large white haired figure in a white sailor cap and suit popped out. Violet brought her close to her face and screamed. It was Uncle Jim.
1: <clears throat> I had a jack attack once, <laughs> it was a little different. It involved Jägermeister as well. <laughs> N- not a good mix. Not a good mix. This is a I different kind of Jack, Jack of Daniels
0: for months. Ugh. So and so, yeah. So poor Uncle Jim had a horrified expression on his face. Well, on his puppet's face. And Jack said it was only fair—an admiral for a captain. Jack takes the box out of Violet's hand and passes it to one of his crewmates. He asks them if they want their uncle back and if they'd like things to return to normal. They were now suddenly outside. The lighthouse was gone, so was Uncle Jim's little boat. In its place was a large pirate ship with two black sails. He tells them that in order for things to go back to normal, they have to sail to Clam Island and rescue his canary, Captain Pip. He was taken by canary nappers, and Jack wants him back. Violet and Sean are confused, as am I, and they turn to look at the large pirate ship outside the window. There was no way they could sail that. Jack says he's not a fool and will be sending along Salty and Pepper, Madeline and Sheckles, the best crew there is. Violet asks why he can't go and catch Captain Pippin's up. Apparently, he's highly allergic to clams.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bet he is
0: Yes So Yeah
1: Yes. <laughs> so the one guy is like Johnny Feathers But <laughs> Captain Jack's stage name is Judy Garters yes.
0: <laughs> The kids have no choice The only way to get Uncle Jim back And make these pirates go away Was to set sail today On Are you ready for it? The jolly yes. sea scab. Huh.
1: <laughs> that went in a direction I wasn't sure. I was ready for like a <laughs> jolly sea scab. The jolly sea scab. Perfect. Oh, I like it.
0: <laughs> the too sail. The kids and the crew were on board the ship, getting ready to hoist anchor and sail away to God knows where. Violet notices <laughs> to the island of. <laughs> Violet notices a small, dark spot at the edge of the dock. It was Celeste, and she swore she could hear her saying, "Don't go, don't go." They all didn't speak because the ship set sail, and the dock disappeared in the distance. There was no reason to speak. This was all their fault.
1: Never ye mind the pussy. We're going for clams. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'll stop. It's too much fun.
0: a <laughs> lot all night.
1: I <laughs> could. We could. I have, uh, there's no shortage of pirate no. voices. I'm just saying.
0: Both of them wonder how long it's going to take to get to Clam Island but they weren't going to bother asking any of the weirdo pirates. So Sean decides to head downstairs to look for a cabin, and Violet follows, but her path is blocked by Salty and Pepper. It turns out that she and her brother are trapped on a ship with a crew that doesn't know where it's going, and a monkey holding a banana in one hand is steering the ship. Just let that image thing in for a minute. Monkey. Oh
1: no, I was in retail. I know I know all about that <laughs> when there's a
0: monkey with a banana in his hand at the helm. Oh yes. So, yes indeed. So Violet feels herself begin to panic. Then Sean appears from below deck and is holding a map. By some miracle, it was a map to Clam Island. There were lines and arrows all over the place, but one went straight to the island. Salty reaches out for the map first and then Pepper, the map being tugged back and forth between the two of them and their hands fighting over it. Just then, a gust of wind blows past and sends the map flying out of their hands and straight into the waves. Violet screamed. What the hell are they supposed to do now? With no map and an unreliable crew, they were officially lost at sea. So the air was getting colder, and Violet decided to find a cabin herself and get some rest. But as she heads downstairs, she sees Chuckles and Madeline, and they're soaking wet. What happened? Madeline laughs and tells them they went swimming. On deck, Salty and Pepper had let go of the wheel and were at the top of the staircase. But there was no pool on board. How could they have gone swimming? Madeline laughed and said, "'Oh, well, then I guess there must be a leak.'" Chuckles is just laughing behind her. The jolly sea scab was sinking. Salty and Pepper arguing back and forth, and Violet screams at the top of her lungs, "'Stop fighting!' During their argument, she overhears them say there was a lifeboat, so she screams again, "'Where is the lifeboat?' They follow Salty and Pepper across the sinking deck, holding the railing for dear life. The lifeboat is hanging above them by some thick rope. It was a long, narrow rowboat with oars, and Salty was working on the knot to lower it down into the water. Once it hit the waves, it looked so small, and Violet was getting really nervous. To get down to the boat, they had to use a rope ladder that Salty had thrown over the ship. All the while, the ship was rocking and sinking with the waves so Violet was not so sure she was going to be able to hold on and climb all the way down. Salty and Pepper insisted on women and children first, and Madeline let Violet take her first steps over the boat and onto the ladder. Her muscles froze and her heart was beating outside of her chest. She got one foot onto the next rung and then stopped, as she saw Chuckles leap out of a boat and over her head. He plunged straight down and landed in the lifeboat with a thud. Everyone was shouting at him as Chuckle heard to reach for the oars. They were screaming at him to stop. Everyone went quiet, watching in silence as Chuckles, a monkey, rowed away with their only lifeboat.
1: In Pepper's defense, Salty never lets anything go. Nope.
0: (laughs) Sean helped Violet over the railing, and they huddled together on the deck. The wind was whipping and water was starting to pool around them as the ship was sinking further and further into the waves. Their teeth were chattering and all hope was lost. The situation felt dire. Salty and Pepper were still arguing about whether or not they'll freeze to death or starve to death. Madeline finally tells them to shut up, and their argument is not helping. She then pulls a small pistol from her pocket, which makes everyone gasp and back up. But she laughs. It was a flare gun. Not a real gun. She'll shoot the flare into the sky, and if anyone is around, they'll see it and be rescued. Madeline points the pistol and fires. But nothing happens. She tries again. Nothing. That was their last hope. Clearing her matted hair away from her face, she spots something. It was a ship, way in the distance, but it was a ship. She clears her throat and tries to get the crew's attention. Salty and Pepper stand up and start jumping up and down, waving their arms wildly. Madeline joins in and they think they've been spotted. It was another pirate ship. They were saved. Something large gets tossed over the side of the boat and hits the water with a smack. It was a large fishing net. Violet and Sean decide to get inside of it, and they're both gasping for air as they get pulled out of the water. They hit the deck with a a loud thud, and Violet's body aches. She was so grateful to be on land out of the sea, not thinking that they were probably still in danger. Studying their surroundings, Violet sees that the pirates on this ship are rather mean looking, full of tattoos, muscles, and scowling faces. They spit and curse as they drag Violet and Sean out of the net, taking Sean by the hair and forcing him into a lineup with Salty and Pepper and Madeline, who is back to acting crazy. In her tiniest voice, Violet thanks them for rescuing them, but one of the pirates turns to her and says she better say for thank you. Captain Billy Bottoms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like like some kind of a review on a cruise ship (laughs) i mean come on
0: this is captain billy bottoms yeah it is oh my god these names help me i'm
1: reading i think we should write them down like like i'm saying if we ever own an establishment it could come in handy there's that
0: um there's that restaurant across from disneyland what is that like captain kid it's like captain captain kid yes that's like the jam everyone goes every like all the little families go there (laughs) they have like endless shrimp (laughs) captain billy bottom probably works
1: there (laughs) he probably does he works behind
0: (laughs) it yeah I'm sorry. Just children.
1: behind it, there's a dumpster out back. No kids listen to our show.
0: <laughs> Billy Bottom. Billy Bottom. So Billy Bottoms has plans for them, <laughs> and they're not going to like it. Heavy footsteps were approaching.
1: Violet sees a large man
0: walking toward them. He was wearing a frilly yellow shirt under a bright purple jacket (laughs) with matching... That one's Billy Tops. (laughs) Billy... Billy Pitcher. Billy Pitcher. He was Peter Pitcher and Billy (laughs) (laughs) Bottom. That's good. Okay, so Billy Bottom is wearing a frilly yellow shirt under a bright purple jacket with matching purple pants. Oh, God, is he Prince? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. He's Prince. Poor Prince, rest in peace. His round face was framed with long black hair and he was as wide as he was tall. Violet thought he looked like a purple pumpkin. The thought almost made Violet laugh, but she held it in. As she could see, the rest of the pirates were very much afraid of him. In a squeaky voice, He addresses the group and calls them seaweed from the bottom of the sea. Salty speaks up first and tells him about the sinking of the Jolly Sea Scab, but he had never heard of it. Violet thanks him for the rescue, and just, just like the pirate before, he tells her not to thank him yet. He hasn't decided if they were worthy of rescue, and he may just decide to toss them back. He finally introduces himself as Captain Billy Bottoms. And the ship they were on is the slimy sea worm. <laughs> Just, <they> can't. <laughs> okay. Oh, I so they're on the slimy sea worm. And... I need a minute. Okay. They're on the slimy sea worm. And apparently... <laughs> Captain Billy is sometimes known as the Pimple of the South Seas. <laughs> <sighs> oh, get you a cream! <clears throat> <clears throat> he asks them. He asks them why he was called that, and nobody answered, except for Madeline, who suggests it's because he liked to be squeezed. But that was Oh god, but that was the wrong answer. And his face turned as purple as his shirt. He announces that he has decided they will be what will become of these sea slugs. They'll be taken to the next island and held as prisoners. They'll be working in the banana fields. Captain Billy says they'll love it. And they can have all the bananas they want. Violet tries to protest, but Captain Billy says he can do whatever he wants. As they're taken down below, Captain Billy stares at Salty and Pepper as if he suddenly recognized them. It turned out they had worked for Captain Billy on the sour petunia. This made Salty and Pepper think Billy was going to let them all go, on account of them being old friends and all. But no, Captain Billy hated Salty and Pepper. And their fate was sealed. They were being held in a foul-smelling room at the bottom of the ship, trying to keep up conversation about bananas, which Violet happened to hate, to keep their minds off the fact that they were about to be on an island prison. Violet just keeps thinking about her parents, that she'll never likely see them again or ever get home. Smitty, a red-haired pirate, comes in with some bowls of food from the captain. It looked like yellow mush. And Violet asks what it is. Christy, would you like to guess what it is?
1: Uh, The yellow mush? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is a a beautiful corn hash (laughs) with a spicy aioli dressing. And um, there's a meatball
0: inside. Delicious, but no. It's banana pudding.
1: Hey, a lot banana pudding.
0: Well, if you're gonna go an island full of bananas, you might not want. Banana
1: pudding. <laughs> I'm just saying, my my boss that I worked for for years at the costume shop, Maxine, every year on her birthday, you know, she would make you something special, and that that was always my request because she would make like the fancy 1950s banana pudding in like the little trifle dish where she would like layer in the vanilla wafers, and oh, I love and the, that, uh, whipped cream, oh, so good. So they ate banana pudding. So they have a banana pudding.
0: They're going to uh, banana, banana Island. <laughs> Will Donkey Kong be there? I hope so. They were jolted awake by the boat docking on the island that would soon become their new home. Smitty came down to lead them off the ship, and Violet was grateful to smell some fresh air. All they could see were banana trees for miles. There were workers in white uniforms and hats filling carts full of bananas. Out of nowhere, Madeline says that she could go for banana split. Nobody laughed. Salty tries again to appeal to Captain Billy, but it was no use. He still hated him. He motions for them to follow the gangplank and head off the dock, calling out, don't slip on any banana peels. He found himself to be so funny that he was doubled over laughing. Violet felt a hand on her shoulder. It was Madeline. She motions to them both Apparently she wasn't kidding About the banana split Violet just blinked back in confusion When I give the signal We split Get it? Wink wink Sean asks if she means run And she says yes Duck under the banana carts And head to the fields On either side
1: Sean's that guy
0: He's that guy do you mean run? <laughs> Smitty broke them no, apart. Af- asshole. <laughs> I mean split. I want ice cream. That's what I mean.
1: Don't ask an adult if they mean something. <laughs> They've
0: already said what they mean. Figure it out. Sorry. I mean what I mean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Smitty broke them apart and asked them what they were talking about. Madeline distracted him with some flirting and banter about his uniform. She makes a dumb joke, which, is, which was apparently the signal she failed to mention, and yells, Banana Split! And they take off running. Smitty is shouting to get them! They're getting away! The banana carts lined the beach. But Violet was getting scared that the pirates were catching up, and she didn't want to think about what would happen if they were caught. Madeline went under a cart first and hid on the other side. Violet and the others follow suit, but they couldn't hold this position for long. Where could they go? They'd be spotted out in the field. Madeline then suggests they hide under the bananas. She goes first and the rest follow. Violet helps Sean get covered up first and the sickening sweet smell of bananas is making Violet want to throw up. She lays down as flat as she can against the bottom of the cart and she can't see a thing but she can hear the voices of the pirates getting closer and closer. Something in the cart was making her whole body itch, but she couldn't move a muscle. Then out of nowhere, a powerful hand gripped her leg. They had been caught. Violet screamed, but no sound came out, thankfully. After a few seconds, she realized it was just poor Sean. He was holding on to his sister for comfort. The pirates' voices were getting fainter. Maybe they had gone back to the ship and it was safe to come out, but she didn't want to be the first one to look. Her skin was getting itchier and itchier, and something hot was on the back of her neck, and there were soft little pinpricks. Then she felt another in her hand. (laughs) Fuck you, Danielle, no! I know! (laughs) Not okay! We're gonna go quick. Go could it be bugs Were there bugs in the banana She couldn't take it anymore She popped up And a bunch of bananas fell off the cart Then she reached out And grabbed something soft And spindly Wanna guess No <laughs> Tarantulas She shakes one off her leg And another out of her hair pushes a few off of Sean, and Madeline, Salty, and Pepper are shaking them off as well. Violet spots the pirates coming closer. They had to go, and go now. But suddenly, the cart lurched forward, launching them back into the cart and flat on their backs. The horse and rider attached to the cart has decided to move, and starts to take the cart out onto the center of the road and is picking up speed. The four of them hold on for dear life in the back of the cart. They were gripping the bananas to keep from flying off. Violet thinks he should maybe jump off and make a break for it, but nobody else agrees. This was their best chance of getting farther away from the ship. The horse rushes them past the tree line, and they find themselves inside of a little town. There were stores and people out on the street. Where were they? Salty and Pepper decide this was their stop and jump off the cart taking some tarantulas with them. Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) Violet and Sean help Madeline down next, and they leap off and land in the dirt. The cart driver yells at them to get back in the cart, but they race off to hide behind a nearby building. Salty and Pepper had stopped to talk to two kids who are about Violet's age and ask them where they are and if this was Banana Island. The girls laugh in unison and say, No, this is Clam Island wait clam island that's where jack wanted them to go in the first place how could it be that captain billy had dropped them off exactly where they needed to be violet couldn't believe their luck was changing and pepper pointed out something even better there was a yellow canary perched on top of a bush jack the knife had sent them to clam island for a canary could this be him they all tiptoe forward. How convenient. How convenient. They all tiptoe forward. I was just going to think, how do you find a canary on
1: Clam? I know.
0: How do you find a canary anywhere? Is so you going to pick out a bird? I don't think I've ever seen a canary up front. They all tiptoe forward for a closer look, and sure enough, it was Captain Pip. His markings were just as Jack said they would be. With the fastest grab she ever made in her life, Violet reached out and snatched Pip right into her palm. She was overjoyed. She spun around, showing everyone, when Pip made one tiny little chirp and flew right out of her hand. Idiot. (laughs) Idiot. It's a Uh, burp. I knew that was too easy. I know. I was going to say, are we trying to land this plane? Trying to land this plane. It's really easy. We're getting there. We're very close. (laughs) So she cries out angrily because she was sure she had him. Madeline sits down and starts making bird sounds. Tweet,
1: tweet,
0: tweet. She actually was insane. But then she says, how do you get a bird to come to you? Make bird sounds. And after a few minutes, Captain Pip was back and flying right into her hand. And their luck continued. The shop in town had a bird cage to hold Captain Pip. And as they made their, made their way back to the ship, thinking they could sneak on and hide below deck, they discover it empty. All of the pirates and Captain Billy had gone ashore looking for them. So they raise anchor and set sail for Sea Cove. And Sean just so happens to have a map that will lead them straight home. Violet couldn't believe how much their luck had changed. Once they reached the Urchin Cove everything was as they left it and they couldn't wait to find Jack and get their lives back. Jack was waiting for them with his other pirates inside of Uncle Jim's living room. Celeste was also there looking nervously around the room. Violet proudly shows off Captain Pip and Jack studies the bird for a long time. Their luck had run out. Jack tells them that wasn't Captain Pip. Violet knees start to buckle. What did he mean that was the wrong bird? This canary had a pip on his forehead, just like Captain Pip. Sean's shoulders are heaving. He's about to cry. Jack the Knife tells him, while this bird has a pip, it's the wrong one. But it'll do. A canary's a canary. Who cares about the pip? Violet and Sean can't believe their ears. This meant he was going to free, them, free Uncle Jim and everything would be okay. Jack picks up the box containing Uncle Jim and starts to turn the crank. Then stops and says, you know what? Uncle Jim looks pretty good right where he is. I think I'll keep him this way. But you promised, screamed Violet and Sean. But Jack just laughs a great big belly laugh. He made a pirate promise which mean absolutely nothing. He has a better idea now. He'll turn Violet and Sean into Jack in the Boxes to match their uncle and they could all be together. He points his hook at them and makes it spin. Violet and Sean start to feel dizzy. Their whole room was spinning and she couldn't take her eyes away from the twirling hook. Her body felt like it was shrinking and there was nothing she could do to stop it. All at once the hook stopped moving and the room came back into focus. Jack and all the pirates were staring wide-eyed and open-mouthed at the wall. Violet and Sean turned to see what they're looking at and they both screamed. It was an arm. A bony arm was coming out of the wall, followed by a shoulder, then a chest. And finally, a whole man was standing in the room with them but he was not a real man, not a whole one. Violet could see right through him, as if he was made of smoke. His clothes were tattered, torn, and he looked soaking wet. His hair and beard were matted, and his eyes were blank white, like eggshells. She almost noticed, also noticed, that some of his skin was missing from his forehead, and skull was poking through. He pointed a skeletal finger at Jack, and st- who stammered, who are you it took the man a few minutes to get the words out and he said his name is danny lovins lost at sea for 300 days but i have finally reached land Celeste's eyes went wide and she was suddenly very alert danny lovin shouted give me my cat give me my cat or i will take all of you to the grave Jack's eyes bulged in terror, and he dropped Celeste onto the floor and stumbled backward. Jack was terrified of ghosts and of the grave. Then the room starts to go crazy. The pirates all began to scream, and Jack slinked back, mouth open, frozen in horror. He stumbled over a box and fell on the floor. Their screams were ringing off the ceiling, and Violet watched in amazement as they grabbed boxes and began to shrink. They jumped back into their boxes and slammed the lids shut tight. All of the pirates had disappeared, and the room was silent. Violet found herself grinning from ear to ear when she noticed one last box leaning up against the wall. It was the box containing Uncle Jim. They watched as Uncle Jim grew to his normal size rather quickly. Celeste jumped into the arms of Danny Levins, turned to them and said, Thanks. Then they both disappeared back into the wall. Violet was overwhelmed. It was all too much, too frightening, too crazy. She felt out of breath. Well, well, busy day, says Uncle Jim. He couldn't believe how quickly the day went by, and he was so sorry he didn't check in on them sooner. He hopes they weren't bored. The end. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: Literally, like some fucked up Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like nothing makes
0: sense. Mm-mm. I did like, like the Ghost Boy. <laughs> yeah, we circled back. We circled back.
1: We did circle back. We did circle back. But it literally, like, was um, it was this weird mix of heavy Nintendo game feel for some reason, and then like, oh, I don't know people trying to explain bullshit theories on facebook like <laughs> x plus purple equals follow the money and disney like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any like hey wow yeah
0: it was a ride like it's not i hated it i just was like what like it was just a lot of what
1: yeah,
0: a lot of that yeah. I'm going, are we in a dream sequence Right,
1: <sighs>
0: It was a lot So all I'm going to say what? Is that if you want good pirate content Watch the first mm-hmm. Watch the first Pride of the Caribbean movie Not the other ones Just the first one It's good Also watch Muppet Treasure Island Which just celebrated its mm-hmm. 25th anniversary Because I'm an ancient old woman And it's fantastic Aww. And it's on Disney Plus So go watch it and those are better pirates. Yes. Also, Goonies, better pirates. I don't know. We just watched Goonies nice. for Family Movie Night. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's fun to see it on the pirate movies. Pippi Longstock is kind of a pirate. She had a pirate adventure, and Pippi Longstocking. So we, um, that was
1: two weeks ago mm-hmm. for Family Movie Night. Last week for Family Movie Night, we watched what what we're calling Hawaiian Goonies. Which is um, on Netflix? It's called Finding Ohana.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw and a dad have, for and that.
1: It's, yeah, it's 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 Hawaiian Goonies, cute. and they even have the, um, the kid that played um, Data, Data. Oh, Goonies, okay. All grown up, he's he's in How the Finding cute. Ohana
0: movie. Little nod to adorbs. Right. So there are much better pirate things than Attack of the Jack. So don't bother. <laughs> well it was interesting you know what
1: i will say that that is a that's not one we've heard before right
0: we were all on a new adventure together
1: yes whether we liked it or not
0: we were on that ship whether we liked it or not
1: (laughs) well so that was a journey (laughs) and we made it back back uh, back from the dips and If you enjoyed that and our shenanigans and all of our giggling through jokes that we're way too old for, um, Um, maybe you should be in our Facebook group, because we are a tribe of like-minded nerds um, who also enjoy a little bit of humor in that direction. Uh, Find us on Facebook. We're at Snacks with Stein. You can find us on Twitter. We're literally at Snacks with Stein. (laughs)
0: um what's our instagram oh gosh let me check for you you run the instagram i'm doing a terrible job and haven't updated it in a really long time because i'm a terrible human who's so busy
1: well that's not your fault there's like four people following us on there it's the
0: snacks with stein podcast all one word
1: excrement okay so (laughs) the snacks with stein podcast on instagram as well um we do our best. We definitely post everything in Facebook. Yes, Facebook is the and most reliable. A, a lot of things make it to Twitter and then some things make it to Instagram. So you choose <laughs> whatever you want to do. My goal for the new uh, year is. Come
0: to and get hang better. Out
1: but when we do like contests and stuff, like we always post that in yes. Facebook. So if you want to see what's going on, what's up to date, what's happening, go on over there. It's not a closed group. You just like the page and then you'll see all the posts as they come
0: out. Next time, hold on to your things that you hold on to. (laughs) I don't know what to put. So whatever's nearest to you, whether it's your dog, your child, your significant other, a water cup, a railing, hold on to it. Because it's point horror. Christy is going to be covering Twisted for us next time. But until next time. We are out. Like Ted Cruz on his way to Cancun. But, oh, but all jokes aside, we hope everyone is staying safe in Texas. And by the time you hear this, things are doing way better and you guys are all okay. So all jokes aside. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Ted Cruz is the bastard. Bye. Bye. Ted Cruz is the bastard. Bye. <laughs>